breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with the high sheriff. Caterpillar it's sheriff. not high. No, not, <laughs> not this morning. It, it's a phrase. I know, but I want you to. I want you. I want you to know. One time, uh, you were calling in one morning, and, and Reuben had put you on hold, and he put you on hold, and he looked over at Aaron and I, and he says, "If you'd have told me ten years ago, I'd be on a first name basis with the sheriff of Caddo Parish." <laughs> Chit chatting with him on the crazy. phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, oh. Well, thank you for coming in. Well, you're welcome. Did you see the guys roaming around in our dumpster that, when you came in? No, it's, I it's did not. Off subject, but if they're out there when you leave, will you arrest them, please? As trespassing charges <laughs> on my authority. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All whatever. right. <laughs> digging stuff out of our dumpster. Anyway, let me let me ask you. We've had a tragic week. Sunday night, we have an officer involved shooting in Shreveport. Right. A man is killed. Yesterday, we have uh, shots fired. Police are responding to. They get there. The man apparently fired shots at them. We don't have the full report yet. They returned fire, hitting him. Uh, he's wounded. Last report critical. Um, what's going on? Well, it's just a sign of our times. It, I mean, it's not just officers involved in shootings, as you know, because mm-hmm. you report it all the time. It's it's uh, it's people. People are carrying guns. They're using the guns. It seems like they've lost all sense of of uh, values and sense of caring about people. I, I don't. Uh, I start to say I don't understand it, which I don't understand, but this is not much, it's not unlike back in the early 90s, if you'll remember then. We went through the same thing. We had the same number of homicides back when I was chief of police the first year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a horrible thing, a lot of violence, a lot of violence. What what are some things that we should do differently? Boy, you when you say that, it just really I could speak for days mm-hmm. on this. And I went to a meeting the other night with a, a bunch of good good folks got together at Bird High School, Freeport Citizens United. And there's groups like this and efforts and 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 all that. Come on, so many of them deal with the front side. We in law enforcement, we have to deal with the side where you, once you pull the trigger, Mm -hmm. you know, once we deal with the harder end of it. I can tell you a lot of things at the harder end that we could do once a person's been caught. I can tell you about, you know, keeping people locked up uh, for longer times Mm -hmm. when they have shown that they are going to violate gun laws and when they've shown they're going to hurt other people. They need to be segregated until we're sure that they have decided that that they're going to behave and not hurt people. Uh, That's so important that people will say, oh, all Prater wants to do is lock them up. We run some of the best rehabilitation programs at CCC through our reentry program that, that you'll find. So, you know, we don't just believe in locking them up. I know that people deserve second chances, but by golly, if you told you can't have a gun and you have a gun, and then you're told again you can't have a gun, you have a gun, then you get another gun when you get out of jail and you shoot somebody, it should not surprise us. 
let me ask you something. We, we've we've talked about this before, and, and you know, and, and I know you're Northwood graduate. When back in high school, we had guys with rifles, you know, hunting rifles in right. the back window of the truck. You got in a fight in high school. Nobody even thought about getting a, a, a gun and shooting. What has caused the change of thinking? I mean, let's let's take it back to, you know, why are we even thinking that way now? I contend video games, violent video games, have an effect. They're not the sole cause, obviously. Uh, parents have an input, you know, but in social media to me. Yeah, but, yeah, but what do you think is the change well, that I, has caused this entire thinking change? When you said video games, I thought I was thinking about that last night because I was watching this kind of this silly show where they bring things in for pawn shops and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. value, I can't remember the name of the Pawn show. Stars. Pawn Stars. Okay, I was watching that and I learned that in the early 1900s they had a comic book commission. Because Congress had decided that comic books were going to be the the decline of our nation. So we had to monitor what kids could see in comic books. Mm-hmm. So that's why Mad Magazine turned from a comic book to a magazine because there was less less rules on the magazines than comic books. Okay, back to the story that we're talking about. Video games, when you start talking about that, and, and, and I don't know, I don't know that it's that simple. There are a lot of things from childhood development, from early education, from single parents, from jobs to opportunities to no hope to all that. All that's on the front end. I don't have the answer to that. I can tell you one thing, though, that if somebody has a gun and hurts somebody, goes to jail, gets out early, that they good chance that they're going to hurt somebody again with a gun. Not always. But there is a good chance. That's the ones that I think we, we you know, we got this catch and release program going on uh, that that just is, is really aggravating. We need to pour whatever resources that we have into those that we already catch and, and see what we can do about keeping them or really rehabilitating them. Justice reinvestment has not done it. It's been a bust. I don't care what you might read from some places. There were some good things about it, but there's a lot of bad things about it. Well, tell me something good about it. Give me something positive to think about it. All the money you got, right? <laughs> we didn't. We didn't get any money out of it. Uh, there was a lot of money for the state. Uh, they we went from the worst in the nation is or the highest number incarcerated in the nation to second highest uh, for about six months, and now we're back to the most you know most incarcerated so i guess you could call that that good about it if you if you're so inclined and there are some things that needed to be done okay mm-hmm. some of the um some of the penalties for drug usage and i'm all all about not locking you up for the rest of your life for drugs you got to get some help cuz so many times that's somebody but if you're out there dealing drugs there again you shouldn't you shouldn't get a ticket for mm-hmm. for selling marijuana for instance when when First thing you know, you're going to have profit, you're going to have money, you're going to have guns. We're going to make an arrest, and the social media is going to blow up. The police and the sheriff need to be doing something besides locking people up for marijuana. And that's the root cause of many of our shootings Mm and drugs and, and distribution of drugs.
1017 FM 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty in studio with Kettle Parish Sheriff Steve Prater. You were asking about the process. Yeah. Do you mean after after a shooting has occurred? Right. With after the law you have, enforcement I mean, officer. This, this isn't your first rodeo. You've been a, a police officer. You were police chief. You're now sheriff. When a police officer shoots a suspect or anyone, what is the process, Sheriff Steve Prater? Well, there's a lot that goes on. Uh, To begin with, you separate the officers that might have witnessed it or been there. You separate them, get them apart from Mm -hmm. each other. You take their firearm and you secure it. Uh, Each one goes into evidence and it's secured. It's seen by the supervisors. You get anybody else there that may need to assist with the with the uh, mental state of the officer because it is such a dramatic thing. I've seen them, I've seen all sorts of reactions, horrible reactions mm-hmm. of, because, you know, policemen doesn't, I've never known a policeman wants to go out and shoot somebody. Right. Uh, you do all of that. Of course, you, you, you rope off the scene. The, there's nothing you can do about the body camera uh, footage. It automatically downloads. They can't change that. They mm-hmm. can't stop it or start it. It's, you know, they, they can, uh, it's, it's, it's permanent. Uh, if the camera doesn't malfunction, it's permanent. So all of that evidence, uh, there's so many things that go into it. From there, you begin deciding who's going to investigate. Was well, it routine for you as chief to call in state police as we no. have been doing now? No, back then and up until just recently, we, we investigate them our own. Uh, our own selves because like the Shreveport Police Department, they work more homicides in a year than the state police does by far mm-hmm. in Caddo Sheriff's Office. But people these days expect and demand transparency. And so the state police has been that transparent uh, or people Some would have say confidence. they haven't. <laughs> right. And, and, and the Ronald uh, Green case. And, and we've had a real problem because the Ronald Green case sure. and all that had a real problem deciding when we have an officer involved shooting, deputy involved shooting, who are we going to investigate ourselves because the people elect me and they hold me responsible. Mm-hmm. But then there's the argument that they shouldn't be investigating themselves. And I can understand that sure. too. So, so we've pretty much, uh, many have decided on the state police. There's some on the, uh, uh, eastern part of the state, they have a coalition of sheriff's offices together, and they have a memo of understanding that they investigate their own. Other sheriff's offices will come in. Okay. And, um, and you know, we've thought about that with Sheriff Whittington and talked to him about it, and he's concerned, as I am, you know, trying to do the right thing for the people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a hard hard decision to make, but up until now, state police has done a, or, uh, I'll say up until now, uh, the state police has done in the last couple that we've been a part of or witnessed a, mm-hmm. a good job. You just you just made a comment uh, offhandedly there, and you said deputy involved shooting, and this is something I don't think a lot of people. Uh, a deputy is not an officer, is that correct? That's correct. We a trooper is not an officer; he's right. a trooper, and, right. and that's just a little technical thing that's always gotten to me when people say, uh, and uh, you know, an officer of the sheriff's department. Well, he's not an officer; he's mm-hmm. a deputy, and the sheriff's office is not a department; it's an office. It's a sworn office, and technically, by law, I am the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. The person that's elected is the sheriff's office, and people that work for the sheriff's office actually work for me. So it's a different setup. But okay, yes, the, the officers are typically put on leave, correct? correct. After shooting. Now, when more and more people are now demanding for that body cam to be released, and we're seeing it now start to be released. Back in the day, that wasn't released until this went to trial or right. there was some disposition. But now we're expecting that body cam footage to be released by state police. What has changed that? 
Well, I'm, that's that's the main the main fault I have with the state police doing it. As people know, they've gotten used to me over the last thirty years of being chief and sheriff and all that. That I tell you from the scene what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I said it looks like this. The evidence isn't all in. We're not through the investigation, but it looks like that he was shot at about thirty yards. We did recover another gun there, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the state police is more closed ma- closed mouth mm-hmm. about it, and that's just their philosophy, and that's understandable. They want to get everything and release it as a package and not piecemeal it out. And that's the only that's the only real difference that I have with the state police and the way that we do things. They'll do it thoroughly. Um but uh you know, I like to let the public know quick what's on my mind. They elected me. They mm-hmm. wanna know what I'm doing. I'm the only elected law enforcement leader, you know, like that. And so mm-hmm. the public expects to hear from me. Right. And I tell them. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you one one other thing with regard to that. Um, if the officers that you are now questioning or that state police are now questioning, if they tell a different story, will we ever know that? If the officers tell contradictory one, yes. stories. Will I ever know that? Y- yes, you will You will know that uh, if it can be proved. Now, you know, anytime you see something, uh, anytime you see something, people see it in a different vein and describe it differently. If, mm-hmm. That's not uncommon. That's more common than not. But if it's a case where you feel like that somebody is really trying to skew the story and you can prove it, then of course that would, that will be reviewed by the district attorney's office and, uh, and the other law enforcement agency and recommendations will come from there. One more thing from me. Mike may have another question, but let me ask you this. Um, it's troubling to me because today, yesterday, we could have been talking about a police officer dead. But yet we hear a lot of folks in our community um, bashing police. Uh, you know, why do you keep killing people? Why do you keep killing black people specifically in our community? Um, how hard does that hurt you to hear that? It really hurts because we're... We in law enforcement, and especially me in particular, we, we wait, we try to get, we try to wait till all the evidence is in and we don't prejudge people. We don't profile people. We don't say because that's a particular color person driving a particular car so they've got drugs or they do have, you know, or they, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We're very careful not to do that. And to be accused of that immediately, all we're saying is give us a fair shake. State mm-hmm. police is investigating it. Everybody just cool down your tempers and quit saying things that you don't know anything about and and just cool off a little bit. Take mm-hmm. it down. I mean, we do it with national politics now. We do it with every, everything's got so much hate yeah. um, that, that and they're, they're treating the officers like criminals and many times the criminals like the victims and, and everything is all turned upside and boogered up in our world. Mm-hmm. But that you, 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 you say you don't profile, okay? Right. But, but profiling is I have to be very careful about saying this because if you're in a in a if you're patrolling, say in a, in a right a, a majority black neighborhood, okay, and a pickup rolls in uh, a seventy five thousand dollar pickup with two white teenage boys in that truck. Common right. sense is going to tell you they probably don't live there. They probably, you know, they're they're not going, they're not there for any good reason. 
Is, well, am Mike, I wrong in that? Now, don't don't confuse you're, because I understand, and you've got a police background, so you know what we're talking about. There is a big difference between profiling suspicious quote. I mean, a profiling comma suspicious circumstances comma right, and that's and what stereotyping. I mean. Stereotyping that's what I mean. exactly. is different from profiling. Profiling is different from suspicious person. In other words, we would we would probably take action on that person if they acted suspiciously on the pickup truck being in that neighborhood. But just because they were a pickup truck in the neighborhood wasn't enough. Right. They have a and right to drive wherever they want. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I made a statement one day not long ago about uh, about a particular vehicle, you know, and somebody mm-hmm. said, oh, you're just, bro-. I said, no, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a little part of the probable cause, a little part of the suspicious right. circumstances, a little part that we have to factor in. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty with uh, Ruben out today. So you're going to have to just forgive anything you hear or don't hear this morning. Yesterday we spoke with uh, Justin Dixon, NLEP. Some great news for Shreveport Bossier economically. We'll hear from him coming up next. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel dot com. Seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with the the president of the North Louisiana Economic Partnership. Uh, glad to have Justin Dixon with us. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Aaron. And you've got some good news, some good economic news to share. Tell us what's going on. Absolutely, absolutely. So we we had a great announcement with one of our existing industries, Polec GE, yesterday. And Prolec G is going to be bringing additional jobs into the Shreveport Bossier area. Uh, they're actually committing to 153 jobs. And these are advanced manufacturing, well-paying jobs, close to $60,000 a year. Uh, on top of that, they'll be investing uh, almost $30 million into the facility out there. And this is great because they have facilities all over the world, Polec G does. And if they're putting money into our facility, that means they believe in it. They believe in their workforce. Uh, they believe in Northwest Louisiana, and this is going to give us a chance to grow. What made them pick us? Well, you know, we asked them that, and I was not surprised. They, they have a fantastic workforce out there. Uh, they are, have production going on out there. They're profitable. That's what happens in the private sector. And uh, they figure they could capitalize on that and continue to grow. We've heard a lot of people say that we have a shortage of workers. It is a, it is a struggle to find workers. Um, is, is the story different here? Well, I think it's, you know, what are you talking about? You know, if, if it's a shortage of worker, it's $12, $13, $14 an hour, maybe. Uh, but these are good, livable wages at close to 60000 and, you know, they've been expanding. We did an expansion with Prolect D last year. 
uh, and 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 they're seeming to have success. Now, I will tell you this: they are partnering with the state and Fast Start to help with those recruiting efforts. Uh, and us at NLEP, my CEO Angie White, who lives and breathes, uh, you know, workforce every day. Uh, she's actually working with Prolect G through the Fame Chapter, which is uh, a workforce development uh, work study that we put up last year. And uh, they're participating in that, and they seem to be having success. The GE plant is out on, uh, I say plant, they're, they're out on uh, Burt Coons, and they're near the right. interstate. So logistically, they're they're in a, a great position. It's it's two turns from their, from their operation to get on the interstate and go east or west. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, what are they going to be making out there? Is this a new product? What What will they be manufacturing? So what what they currently manufacture are transformers, you know, these big, huge green metal boxes that you see that help move power around to dumb mm-hmm. it down for my sake, not mm-hmm. yours. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine, will, too. mine too. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> uh, these will be transformers that they'll be making that's actually in the alternative energy uh, sector. So, you know, the, these wind turbines out west. Or these solar farms that you're hearing about. These are these are going to be transformers that are going to assist in putting that power on the grid. It looks like the jobs, and, and you can see at keelnews.com where to go apply for the jobs, by the way. Machine operators, maintenance personnel, supervisors, and engineers. How soon will they start hiring these folks? You know, they're, they're constantly hiring. So they, they will start ramping up very soon. Uh, and then, you know, as they mentioned yesterday, hope to have this in full operation in the summer of 2024. We're talking with Justin Dixon, president, North Louisiana Economic Partnership. Justin, this is just another in, in what's now become a line of what I consider really good news for Shreveport, Bossier in our area. Uh, of course, the Amazon plant. We've got the, the casino being redone. We've got uh, development going on on the riverfront. Are there other things in store, and, and doesn't you know doesn't this positive development breed more positive development? One would hope, Mike. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, we have a tendency to to try to find the negative and anything positive around here, and hopefully, we're turning the corner on that. Uh, well, that's what I would right. like to do is try to find the positive. You know, the port going on down, uh, so much good that's going on in our area that we can focus on, and I think you guys. It makes it easier to sell. Absolutely. Success begat success. And, uh, you know, I mention it every time and and intentionally. You know, we work with the port. We work with BRF. We work with Greater Bossier. And we're doing that probably better than we ever have. And that's what it takes to compete on a global level. And, And I think we're having success in multiple places. And I think this is just the beginning. Okay, let me uh, devil's devil's adversary, as they say. You good at that? Good at that. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, the state is offering Prolect GE an, an incentive package um, that will obviously save them money, some tax breaks. I'm curious about that, and I know you you know the deets. Um, if they don't meet their end of the bargain, do they not get the tax breaks? I'm I'm curious about that. So, you know, that's one thing you hear all about. We're giving all this money away. Well, these are contracts put in place, cooperative endeavor agreements, and these are performance-based grants. There are measures that companies like Prolect G have to meet, and if they don't meet, they do not get the incentive. Thank you. And so, uh, you know, we're not giving money away. We're incentivizing the creation of well-paying jobs. 
How long have y'all been working on this project? <laughs> Almost two years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, I know what I say it because everybody thinks, well, that happened last week. No, we've been working on this since about the time I, I came in here over two years ago. And, uh, and it's a continual process, and that's what we have to do. We, you know, we like to recruit the new, exciting stuff. Uh, but the existing industry, we have to take care of them because that's where we can really grow at a quicker pace. If you if you were to guess today of these 153 new jobs, how many of those folks are in our market right now, and how many of them will be coming in from from out of the out of the region? You know, it, it's hard to say until you get the final data. But you know, typically these jobs are going to grow the local market. And and as we continue to do that, then we'll have people in Texas that'll look over and say, well, hey, I'm tired of sitting in traffic for an hour. Maybe I want to go somewhere, have a little bit better quality of life. And so it's a long game, obviously. But but initially, I would say the vast majority of these, these applicants will come from this region. Justin Dixon, North Louisiana Economic Development Partnership. Uh, Justin, the GM plant is getting new life. How's that coming along? Absolutely. Uh, it, if anybody wants to drive out there, you'll see there construct, there's construction going on out there. Uh, they're replacing the roof on building C. Uh, they'll be upgrading the inside, upgrading the outside. And so, uh, lots of things going on there. And obviously we're chasing other projects out there and hopefully we'll get some more, some okay. more anything, out there. Spill, Yeah, spill some tea. What, anything what's you next? can tell us about. Yeah, what I just told you. <laughs> You're no good to me. You can't blame a brother uh, for trying. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I would too. So we could have some good, more good news coming up. You know, we are every day working to get better jobs into northwest Louisiana and north Louisiana. Uh, as I told you yesterday, Aaron, I've got to be on the road at 8 because we're going to chase the next one. And, uh, and that's what we do. So, you know, every day we're working to get another announcement, and, and hopefully one morning we'll wake up and there'll be another one. Okay, tell the guys at Bucky's we said hi. <laughs> we'll do it. Thanks. Now my phone will be ringing all day. <laughs> One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. So last night, two oh four. Bam! Oh no! Man, scared the crap out oh, of me. Woke me up. It, it sounded like a truck hit my house. Golly. It was. It was. It must have been close. Oh, lightning yeah. strike. I mean, it was bam. Wow. It, it was like two hard crashes. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be up a while. And then nothing else. Didn't lose power? Didn't lose power. Man. Um, yeah. Knock on wood. There's a lot of people still without power. Yes. Um, this morning. It was a month. I was underwater yesterday and heard a thunderclap. I could, I mean, it was so loud. You were loud. in the pool. Please I'm, explain. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the pool. You weren't yeah. in your house. <laughs> no, I wasn't in the house. <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> I was in the pool and I'm, and I hear this thunder and I'm like, did I just hear what I when I came up? Did I just and they were all like, "Yeah, it was loud." So yeah, it was a it's been a big storm. Yeah, and my poor doggy, he does that's the only thing he doesn't like. We've he, got he, one that's yeah, yeah, he's fine with fireworks, but he doesn't like this thunder. It makes him upset. Yeah, ours isn't good with fireworks either. Really? Yeah, he's, we had one that was 
just terrified. Mm-hmm. And bless her heart, she was a, a hunting dog, a black oh. and tan coon hound, just beautiful. Oh, goodness. And um, she had been so abused. My daughter got her from the Humane Society in Auburn. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently some brain dead. Yeah idiot because she wouldn't hunt right she still had blood on her when my daughter picked her up yeah wow it was a year before she let me would get near her speaking of dogs the puppies that the sheriff rescued oh my gosh Aaron tealnews.com he made a video with them and the picture of them (laughs) he stopped on lakeshore drive extension i think near south lakeshore and picked them up out of the middle of the road one of the puppies has already been adopted but there's two left at the cattle animal shelter and the mama dog they're adorable. You can, the sheriff actually saved them. Keelnews.com. You can go see these puppies. Somebody go get them. I want them to be called Mike and McCarty. <laughs> Keep them together. Call them Mike and McCarty. And we'll feature yeah. them like every month. I see like how that. they're doing their yeah. progress. Check in on them. Which one eats the most? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nick Bailey, he's president and CEO of Remax. Yeah. I mean, like national. He's not the just, head dude, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's going to talk with us about uh, the local housing market mm-hmm. and uh, what we can look for, what trends we've got. Mm-hmm. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and the free Keel app. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, President and CEO of Remax got Nick Bailey on the phone. Nick, good morning, sir. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Tell us. Uh, I was glad to. Let me ask you, Nick. First off, um, trends. In real estate in America, inflation is obviously having an impact on everything in, in, in our that we buy. Houses too, huh? Well, the spring market is off to a great start. I mean, uh, sales are up 30% from February to March. And so we're seeing some of that traditional seasonality. But the reality is regardless of inflation or rates or certain things, what we know is life events happen and people buy and sell houses every single year. What are what are people saying as they're looking for houses? What are some of their top and their key concerns right now? Well, so some of the questions uh, that we're seeing the most when it comes to buyers is around interest rates. Obviously, that's been a big impact from um, from last year, uh, but rates have stabilized quite a bit as we've gone through this rebalance, and buyers are now looking at other mortgage products other than the 30-year fix. They're looking at adjustable rate mortgages. There's first-time home buyer with low down payments. And so it's important for buyers to have a great lender and shop around, look at rates. We have a, we have a saying that you marry the house and you date the rate. Uh, <laughs> people are more concerned about, do I have enough to afford the down payment? Can I afford the monthly payment? And prices aren't shooting up quite as high and as, as fast. And so it's giving buyers a chance. Is it a buyer's market today or a seller's? Well, we certainly with the rebalance are getting closer to an equilibrium. I would say even when you look kind of in the Shreveport area, even though sales are still lower year over year, uh, days on market have uh, remained fairly low. It's up 17 days. So the average house in, in the area is on the market 49 days. But inventory still low. And so it's still creating some some competition. 
and some some pressure on pricing. Uh, you look at the the average sold price in in your area is up five and a half, five point seven percent year over year, and so we still have strong demand, uh, but we continue to not have enough houses hitting the market. What is the average sale price here in Shreveport, Bossier? It's right at one hundred and eighty five thousand. Okay. So if somebody's looking to sell their home today, what would you suggest they do to get the most most cash out of their home? Uh, two things. Number one, price it right. We still have uh, sellers out there that are thinking we're in the market that we were a year or two ago. Uh, and, and even though there's still pressure on pricing and they're still going up a little bit, they're certainly not double digits and, and what we were experiencing a year ago. And so that's number one, price it right. A good agent can help you get it priced right for the conditions. And number two is make it look good. If you need to get the right improvements going or stage it correctly, with days on market being up a little more, there are houses sitting on the market a little longer, which means buyers are going to be looking and having more choice. So make sure that your house stands out. Yeah, I noticed a home for sale in in my in my area. And one of the things that caught my eye was the fact that there were leaves that had gathered in the gutter on the roof, but because they have a porch coming out, the leaves don't blow off normally. And they weren't cleaning those off. And I thought, you know what? A, a potential buyer is going to go, that is that is a, a maintenance issue I'm going to have to deal with all the time. So would you suggest that seller clean those, make sure the roof is clear? Yeah, and you're just seeing that likely from the street. Um, you've got to make sure that not only the curb appeal is great, but the interior is great. There's always places if, if you're going to spend money not only to stage the house, yes, clean it up, make sure everything looks sharp. Uh, the vast majority of people want moving condition. And it's funny, in our new report, we were looking at Gen Zs. I mean, they're coming up, and they're going to be the next big group of first-time home buyers. 78% of them want smart home features. And so not only is it maintenance, but really it's, it's work with your, with your agent to understand what the needs are of the buyers coming up because you can make some slight improvements, get rid of those leaves, and that's going to help you maximize your sales price. What are some of the hottest areas in, in, in Northwest Louisiana right now? I mean, I don't know if you have that in front of you, but, um, there are certain areas we, we, we've talked a lot about folks are leaving Shreveport for Bossier or DeSoto Parish. Are you seeing some of those trends too in other cities as well across the country? We are. And, and you hit it exactly right. And so what we've seen in the, in the last couple of years is we have seen the larger, uh, more high density cities that actually people are getting to be able to move a little farther out. Uh, and there's two things driving that. One is affordability because prices went up at a higher rate in, in high-density areas. But people have also had flexibility as they can live a little farther uh, because of the remote work. And I think that's here to stay. And so, so it's the combination of those two things. However, what we have started to see already this year is a return of people moving back to some of the larger areas. And I think that's going to continue this year. If, if folks are thinking about downsizing, maybe they're getting older and then they want to go to a smaller home, their family's gone now, uh, is now a good time for them? Timing the market is absolutely key to real estate, but it's not timing that most people think. They say, oh, should we time the interest rates? Is the market right? Timing is really about life events. And exactly right. If they're, if they're getting a little older, uh, maybe can't do the stairs anymore, or if they're younger, getting married, having children... That's really what drives um, home sales. 
And it's when are you ready and when is the right time for you, your family? And so it's always a good time if it's the right time for you. Talking with Nick Bailey, CEO of the president of REMAX. Nick, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it this morning. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Michael Corbin from Swepco. Good morning, Michael. I'm making sure you're here. Good morning. How are oh, y'all? It's this a beautiful morning? thing. Ruben's not here. So uh <laughs> it, it's hit and miss all morning. Speaking of hit and miss, storms last night knocked a lot of people. Uh how many people are uh, still out of power right now in Shreveport Bozier? Yeah, certainly these uh, storms have been relentless the last the last little bit, and uh, we currently are sitting at about forty five hundred to five thousand outages scattered across Shreveport Bossier, with the largest being North Shreveport Blanchard area. Okay, I see some in Allendale. A, a, a lot of them are north of I twenty. It looks like is that kind of accurate for most of them? Yeah, that's what it looks like from um, you know the information that I have available this morning. Um, Many of them, it's a combination of lightning strikes as the, the multiple lines of storms went through last night. And then, um, tree contact with lines. We have, we have just had an incredibly wet first four months of the year. The trees have leafed out early and they're heavy and uh, they get wet. And, you know, unfortunately in some instances then come in contact with, with power lines and it trips fuses. Estimated time for getting the juice back onto these folks. That's what they want to hear. They want to hear you say, 10 minutes. <laughs> well, well, certainly everybody wants it on now because, you know, you can't make coffee or you, mm-hmm. you've got to, you, you've got to get ready to go to work. Crews were out at daylight, some a little bit before assessing what's wrong. Um, you know, areas where it's simply refusing a circuit, things like that, that will, that will happen pretty quickly. If we find there's lines or poles down in some areas, that will take a little bit longer. But but generally in work like this, you know, we're not talking about a all day or a multiple day outage. Uh, these these come back online pretty quick. Michael Swepco has a, an app that is available. I've got that. It's really helpful. You can report an outage, but the, you also can sign up for text message alerts. Tell us about the app. Yeah, it's fantastic, and and we would encourage uh, everyone to you know go to the App Store and download the Swepco app. You can also get it at swepco.com, um, and it gives you billing information. You can re- receive your bill electronically if you'd rather receive it that way. But most importantly, as you've mentioned, if there's an outage uh, on your circuit or at your address, we're going to send you a message. You may be out of town and, and would need to know that there's an outage. Uh, and then as the uh, damage is assessed and we're making progress, we're going to send you texts along the way that say, we think the estimated time of restoration is 3 p.m. And then if we are making better progress, we're going to send you another one that says, well, we think now it's going to be new. And uh, then hopefully by about 1030, you get a text that says your power is restored. Mm-hmm. And, and it also, and another feature that's just been added is, if you get that text, your power is restored, and you're still sitting there in the dark, 
you can text us back and say, nope, mine is still out. And, I want to. I want um, to ret- return that text and go liar, liar, pants on fire. Could I do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> we we may not receive that information <laughs> as intended. <laughs> but, 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 you, but you can try. You okay. can try and see see what happens. All and, right. But when you come back and say no, my my power is not restored, that generates an order within seconds. Okay. And and a crew's going to come out and look. But I have used the app and received the text, and and it is. It's very helpful. Michael, yeah, yeah, let me ask you: Was our area the hardest hit, or did, did, was East Texas harder hit with regard to power? I'm, I'm looking at the map, and I see that you know that looks like Shreveport Bozier was hard, pretty hard hit. But you, you've, this this went a long way, right? Well, there there are scoutages outages throughout our service area, but Shreveport Bozier had the biggest impact last night. Yesterday, uh, or I guess day before last. There was a big hit in Longview for a while. Uh, got got all those folks back online pretty quickly. Um, but these are just you know interesting storms. They're stronger in places. There's wind. There's lightning, and uh, if and they really impact almost at a neighborhood basis. Okay, it's it's a not not too bad a day now. The crews can get out and do the work now. Yep. They're out and about now. Correct. Yes, this is a, this is exactly what we want after you've got outages like this. The rain has stopped, there's no wind, there's no lightning, so they can get out there and do what they love to do. Michael Corbin, Wiswepco, head cheese or vice president? One of those, yeah. I'm not sure what it says on your card. Cheese department. Cheese department. Cheese department. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Hey, it's better than the bologna department, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. There, there you go, Mixmaster Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, my friend. Thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty. By the way, Dodie Horton is going to be joining us uh, coming up about seven forty. Yeah, her bill got out of committee that has to do with what teachers can talk to students about with regard to sexual preference and sexual orientation. Oh boy, mm-hmm. Mike and McCarty. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, and the free kisses. I make no guarantees on what you hear or don't hear this morning. Take my mic off. I'll turn it on. <laughs> did I turn it on? Yeah, you did. That's all right. I was singing. I don't want them to hear my singing. <laughs> I hate this. You're doing boy. good. No. You're no. doing good. I, I do. 40 years in radio. Mm-hmm. I've always run my own board yep loved it this wanted a, to do it this is a different frog i hate this mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a frog with no legs because <laughs> chief smith ate them all <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is one of those those one of those frogs that uh <laughs> is in chief, a wheelchair because yeah. of chief smith yeah exactly mm. uh, representative dody horton going to be joining us uh, just after the break talking about her new bill and it's not a don't say gay bill. Yeah, that's what everyone's billing it at. They're saying it's mirrored after the Florida law, the the Ron DeSantis don't say gay bill. Uh, we'll ask her that because we'll you know, a, yeah, we'll get clarification. But it made it out of committee this time, and I, I think she's a little more optimistic this year than she was last year. But we will hear from her and see what she says next. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel dot com.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline Representative Dodie Horton joining us. Good morning. Making sure you're there. Good morning. Oh, yes. Your, your bill made it out of committee yesterday. It's been referred to. I know you hate this, but let me just say it because it's easier to say. Don't no, say gay don't bill. Don't even say it. Don't. It's not a don't say gay bill. Let's start there, I guess, right? Thank you, Eric. It's not. What does the bill do? The bill just prohibits uh, sensitive subjects like sexual orientation or gender identity to be discussed in the classroom when reading, writing, and arithmetic or science is supposed to be uh, the focus. It is, uh, and these are subjects that would be prohibited apart from the state standard or curriculum. And what age group, what grade ranges are we talking about? We're talking about K through 12. We don't feel it's ever, okay, ever, excellent. Um, yeah, that it's ever uh, a good thing for, for uh, uh, school personnel, educator, whoever it may be that's employed by the school board to uh, initiate these types of conversations apart from, a, you know, the parent either being in the room or their permission. I believe parents have a right and responsibility to protect their children and raise their children consistent with their own beliefs including when and how their children are exposed to these types of topics. One report, LAIlluminator.com, I'm sure you've seen it or you've heard about it. The first line in the story says, it could soon be illegal to say gay in Louisiana public schools. Is that inaccurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, That's just how the left uh, likes to uh, present things, inaccurately and totally off the off the subject of the bill. I mean, this is about an educator going into a classroom and as you've seen in, uh, around the country and across the river, uh, coming out, so to speak, to their classroom. I mean, we've seen the trend to where adults, uh, and they want to rob our children of their innocence by validating their own lifestyle choice. I don't care what lifestyle choice that, uh, that the adult in the room chooses. That's that's not the subject of this. This is protecting our children from a conversation that's, A, not part of the school uh, curriculum, and, B, not approved by the parents. That's it. It's really simple. Would teachers not be allowed to talk about their own sexual orientation? Absolutely, they would not be allowed to. I really don't know. The educators, I don't know. That's the far furthest thing from their mind that they'd want to talk about. They have such a limited amount of time in the classroom, and they focus on teaching the subject that they've been hired to teach. Would this also be in place, like, at extracurricular activities and other school events? What is also under this umbrella? It would. If it's a school-sponsored event, uh, it would uh, apply there as well. So um, we, you know, trying to protect our children at all, you know, in, in all school uh, sponsored uh, sports or, yes, extracurricular activities. I mean, Aaron, you know, parents are concerned that their children are being exposed to dangerous, innocent-destroying topics. And so we must ensure our parents, when they drop our children off at public school, that they're being taught, uh, you know, what they uh, have read in the curriculum. They're being taught the subjects that is acceptable to them and uh, not being exposed to ideals or ideology that apart from their own beliefs and, and ideals.
Dodie, we're talking with Dodie Horton, state representative. Dodie, uh, we've all seen posts with these, quite frankly, graphic, pornographic materials that uh, young children are being exposed to. Is this going to help eliminate that from the classroom? Prohibit that from being presented? I would hope so. I mean, our school boards have a hard job, you know, and their job is to teach and to educate and also protect. And so um, a law would enable them to build a policy around with uh, and give them the cover that they would need to do so. You know, our children are our future. They deserve a learning environment that prepares them to succeed and thrive and, and pornography or or uh, different ideology coming into a school apart from being part of the curriculum um, and apart from the without the parental's consent, parents' consent is something so foreign. That I never ever thought we'd be here trying to pass the legislation to prevent that. It's not the America that I grew up in for sure. The committee meeting yesterday, I haven't watched it, but people that I know have say it got um, passionate, heated at times. One even former Shreveporter, Melissa Flournoy, came and testified, said, quote, I'm so disheartened by the discussion and the bizarre fascination of some elected officials about sexual orientation of people they don't even know. Um, did you hear that a lot? Did you hear those kind of messages a lot? And, and how do you respond to them? Well, I responded, it has nothing to do with the contents of this bill. At, at, I, it has nothing to do with their choice, but it has everything to do for, for, for any educator or school employee to sharing their choice of lifestyle with the, the children when that is a, totally apart from the subject they've been hired to teach. It's totally without the permission of the parents and basically without school permission of the school board. And so what what was brought in were so far removed from this legislation, it, it, it really... Uh, astounded me again it's no judgment on someone's lifestyle choice at all it's but rather a protection from our children who are there to be educated not indoctrinated by someone's uh personal ideology that is not what i my grandchildren go to school to learn i got an email i got an email from one of our listeners that says and i'm quoting so it's a violation for a traditional married teacher to mention their husband or wife that's sexual preference uh, would your bill go that far too? I I don't believe when I go to school that a teacher is going to. It, that's not the subject at hand. I'm not. I'm talking about a classroom discussion during classroom time. Just say you know, if you say like my friends. I go in. My friends have the picture of their husband, their family, or on their on their uh, desk. You know, kids see it or whatever. But they're not building a classroom discussion around that. This is about. This is about, Aaron, and you know mm-hmm. that about educating our children according to the state standards. Oh, and I want, not, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Dor. I want to talk to my kids about all that. That's my job as a as a mom. Um, absolutely. Just just say you had you, you were at the park. I was at a park with my grandchildren, and we were there, and I'm with them. But someone comes up and says, "Excuse me, I'd like to to I want to see talk to this ten year old about." my lifestyle choice and explain to her why I chose to be one way it was one born one way and another I've had that person arrested I mean that, but this is happening with outside of the presence of the parent without parental consent and without the consent of the school board mm-hmm. and so in order to protect those children within the classroom 
and uh, and school sponsored uh, uh, organizations, we must prohibit it from being so. Uh, it's just this is just the time, sign of the times and what it calls for, unfortunately. Got out of committee, seven to five vote. How are you feeling about the, a vote on it on the House floor? I feel, I feel very well. Our parents and, and grandparents and guardians, they have done an excellent job letting their voices be heard, letting their wishes be known. And uh, it'll be up to the people to see this all the way through. And um, this is what we're here to do, represent the, the vast majority of the parents and guardians in this state one more thing one more thing Dodie before before we let you go I know you got a lot of work to do down there um to those and and there are folks texting us this morning so I'm just going to give you another one from my phone this morning what if a kid Mm -hmm. does have questions about that what if they think they might be gay and they have questions of a teacher who they might believe is gay Uh, if they want to privately talk to that teacher that is still going to be allowed correct that teacher absolutely. should say, go talk to your parents. But wait, it is yes. going to still be allowed, right? Oh, absolutely. Outside of the classroom. I mean, they, our educators have been called on to be the mother, the father, the, the aunt, the uncle, the counselor. The, I mean, they're there, you know, and, and, and to to teach our children. And when a child comes to uh, the teacher, I, I have no doubt that that educator will compassionately direct the child to to the professional that will be able to help them with parental uh, consent. But we get we, we also have to realize though, Dodie, and I and I know I'm taking you too long. There are some of these kids who may be gay, who who have parents at home who absolutely don't agree. They don't. You cannot be gay. I'm going to change you. I'm. You know. You. You. And they may need a teacher. They may need someone else in their life important to kind of help them. That's the only thing I worry about. But privately, that discussion can be held. Correct. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing prevents that at all. But you know, again, we're. You, I. My mother taught. My. I have a son-in-law that teaches. My neighbors teach. I discuss all this with with them. They they feel that the the times call for this not only for their protection, but from the protect for, to protect their own children. For, uh, when they're out there teaching in their classroom, they have no idea what's going on inside of the, the others. And so this is a protection inside the classroom at a school-sponsored uh, activity mm-hmm. that you won't have uh, be able, uh, uh, say, a rogue uh, school board personnel will not have the uh, freedom to go and um, to to push their lifestyle choice and, and ideologies onto our children. I, I can't even believe we're having to even have this conversation. I, agree. I get you. I get you. I agree. State Representative agree. Dodie Horton, I think I got all the questions that got sent to me out. I appreciate you uh, fielding them and let us know how it does in the House. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for the opportunity. Y'all have a blessed day. Thanks. Thank you, Dodie. You too. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and Mc- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Sands Rubin this morning. <laughs> You're doing good. I hope it took you almost have two hours down. Shut up. I haven't cut a toe off yet. No. I nicked it. We 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 got yeah. There's there's t- still time. <laughs> Rubin can't wait for you to be back tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah. I hope he's hope all everything's good. going yeah, well. Everything everything good. Um, looking forward to that. Absolutely. 
looking forward to him being back. Oh, me, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> squirrel. So we don't <laughs> just stay close. Let's see if this works. Panel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Sans Ruben. If you're just joining us this morning, <laughs> yeah. Ruben's not here, and it's glaringly apparent. That's okay. You're no, doing all right. No, shut up. Don't keep. Stop saying that. It's no, not. It's not, it's, not, it's not awful. I don't like doing this. It's, it's a saying. seven out of ten. <laughs> all right. You know, I mean, we could we could get to an eight, perhaps. By the end of the hour, we'll see. I meant to ask Sheriff Prater when we had him in the studio. You know, the state of Washington just banned assault-style rifles. Which means what? Something that goes... Okay, first of all, let's, let's, let's do some definitions here. AR-15, okay? AR-15... The AR does not stand for assault rifle. Okay. The AR is Armalite, which is the company that developed that style I'm, I'm back in the 50s. Okay. It's not an assault weapon. So here's another definition for you. An assault rifle is a fully automatic rifle. Okay. A machine gun. You pull the right. trigger and but it fires multiple rounds. They're already the machine illegal. Machine guns are illegal. You cannot legally own a machine gun. Did any get grandfathered in if you already had one or machine something like that? Machine guns? If you had one and you and it was an ant. I don't so. know. I mean, I don't know the rules. But, but, but So what they've essentially done is they've outlawed rifles. Mm-hmm. And they're calling them assault-style okay. rifles, which is that AR-style which stands for Armalite. It's not an assault rifle. Okay. <sighs> so the problem is, what's next? Right. Lever right. action rifles? You know, your mm-hmm. your your thirty thirty. Are, are they going to say, well, they don't like that? That can be fired too quickly. You can, yeah. you know the remember Chuck Connors, the rifleman. You know. Yeah. That too fast now. My whole problem with this whole debate is that people want to blame the guns. The guns are the bad guys now. The guns are doing all the killing. If we take the guns away from everybody, we won't have this homicide rate. If you buy that argument, you have to understand that there will people who want to do wrong find a way to do it they'll find a way to get a gun they'll go to mexico they'll do it'll have them ship whatever they have to do they'll steal them from people who do have them legally well it's the it's the argument you know only bad guys are going to have guns because a they're not turning them in they're not they're not going to do a buyback program and you're going to have you know bl- mm-hmm. bloods and crips and go oh let's go get 20 right exactly this. And, and That's not going to work. They're still going to be able to purchase guns. They're going to have there's look the 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 cows out of the barn. You're right. not you're not getting it back in. No, it's not. It's not going to our nation. I don't even know the figure of the number of guns that we have. 
you're not going to say no no more guns. Okay. Hmm, it won't happen. I just got a text too. But, but we say it won't happen. We were wrong. You can legally own a machine gun, but you have to get licensed. Okay. I don't know the laws on that, but I. I well, I'm sure it'll, it's pretty strict licensing. Oh, not you just bet. Anybody, you've got right. to have a good reason. Why do you want a machine gun? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because you're a criminal and you want to shoot up a bunch of people. I mean, maybe you're a gun lover, and I understand that. Which I am. But what would you use a? What would you? Would you just for target practice? You'd go out and shoot a machine I mean, gun. It would. It would be kind of cool. It'd be fun to go out in the woods and and Ba-da. fire off a machine gun. Yeah. You know, targets and things. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to take it deer hunting, or right? And nobody's using a machine gun for self protection. That's not. I hope that's not what you have laid by your bedside. No. I mean, it, it, you know, it would be kind of silly if you if it did. But but I do have an AR. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Can't go to Washington with it. And and that's not the only state that's banned them. That's oh, what's yeah. scary. Right. California's been a long time ago. So long time ago. Yeah. My my question is, what's next? It's it's you know, you open the door a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now the door's open. Yeah. Mm. Handguns? Right. Well, you can't have a handgun. No, it's too bad. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I can't even make the argument absurd enough to where it's not within the scope of reality anymore. Right, and, and such a bit. We, we kind of, we live in a state where that I, I say will never happen. Well, I mean, I know in the, in that's the, my point. In the climate today, I, I believe that would not happen. But you know, if things were to change and something went really, you know, opposite. Who knows what could happen? If everybody from California stops moving to Texas and they start moving here, and then they start changing the laws and getting, you know, more Democrats elected to our state legislature, who knows what could happen? You know, right now, I don't think any kind of measure like that would ever pass. Um, But we can't get constitutional carry passed? No, not yet. Not yet. They're working on it again this year. I don't know if it'll happen, but they're working on it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I just, I just get frustrated with people that anytime something like this happens, they go for the guns. That's the first thing they go for. Let's not go for, let's spend more on early childhood education. Let's do more for kids who are living in troubled homes. Let's have more help for after school programs. You know, all the things that we need before the kids get to the point where they start getting guns. Where they can then become, if a, if a child realizes they have had a success in something, no matter what it is, if it's ballet, if it's writing, if it's singing, if they can realize some success when they're little in something that they can sure. become passionate about, right? They're not going to turn to doing crazy stuff. They're gonna they're gonna pursue their passion, and we don't have enough of that available to a lot of our kids. That's an int- yeah, that's a good point. And they just really, I mean, your kids both had pretty good passion. Both my kids had a pretty good passion. Mm-hmm. There, We have four, bet- betwixt us, we have four really good grown-up adults. Right. And Contributing members to society. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And and will forever. And, and I'm prayerful that they will raise contributing members to society when they have children. I hope. <laughs> you hope. I hope they don't have any ne'er do wells. I trained my daughter how to handily, safely handle a weapon, mm-hmm. and she's very good at it. Yeah, she's not afraid of them. 
Well, both my boys have a little training in that. Too. Yeah, they, they got some real good training. They're all right, yeah. Coming up at 840. Yes, we're going to talk with Nick Bailey. He's the head cheese of the Remax Corporation about real estate trends in not only in the country, but here in Shreveport Bossier. I was kind of surprised by the median home price, he said, that is selling here in Shreveport. I was kind of surprised by the number. You'll hear that. Find out what that is. 840 Mike and McCarty. 1017FM710Keel.com. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. We're talking about the state of the state of uh, Washington banning AR style weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not automatic weapons. Mm-hmm. No, and an assault rifle is an automatic weapon. Yeah, these are these look like them, but they're sporting rifles. Ooh, wow, wow! Got a text yesterday from our buddy uh, John Settle. Um, and with regard to the James Green rampage the other day from the horseshoe as he's chairman of the city council, uh, Settle didn't hear it. He, I think he has since gone back and listened to it. Mr. Green, and I'm wondering if this is going to be a legal technicality because Mr. Green did not name John Settle by name. Okay. Right. I shall not name him. He's not worth naming. He's not worth naming. He said it's a he's a disbarred attorney. John Settle has said that's not true. I resigned. He acted like um, John Settle wanted to sleep with Tabitha Taylor. He said that from the horseshoe. He said that from he the, did. Yes. And I so I asked John Settle if he's considering a lawsuit for you know defaming him, and he said he is he he he. How did he phrase it? And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to read the quote directly, but he said my, he, he said my issue, not that he is in saying that he did any, any of those things, but he said my issue is if I sue James Green, the city attorney may have to be the one to defend him and that will cost the city money. And he's like, do I really want to cost the city money? Wow. In a, you know what I mean? In a yeah, case like that? That's, that's or do the, I, or the, do I let their come, their, messes with me just brush and brush them off like james green should be doing so i don't know that i know that john is is going to talk to a lawyer um to find out whether or not he should sue and he's waiting i think for the city attorney to say does james green does the city attorney have to defend him for those remarks um if indeed he files a lawsuit um so we'll see if it were me, if it were you, and somebody is up on a a, a horseshoe like that, and says that uh, you're you're being critical of one of the council members because she wouldn't sleep with you, Gosh. I would sue him. Yeah, that's pretty defamatory. I would sue him. That's pretty defamatory. Unless, I mean, Unless you have evidence. Do, do you, and 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 Settle and asked me. Settle said, "Is Tabitha Taylor going to get on a witness stand and say that I tried to sleep with her?" He highly doubted it. Unless she wants to lie. I mean, he, you know, does she have proof of that? Do we have proof of that? Um, 
And does he get it? Does he wiggle out of all of it because he didn't name him? I would love a lawyer's opinion on that. Because he didn't name him, then if it, if that's the case, but he knew saying, exactly what he was doing. Right. Because then he could defame him however he wants and never name him. Because but the everybody whole world, knows who he's talking about. Everybody knows who he was talking about. The whole town knows who he was talking about. But because he didn't name him, yeah. is it not defamation? And that means he researched it. He asked the lawyer about it ahead of time. Hey, if I don't name him, can I say whatever I want about him? Then that's really diabolical. Really diabolical. And who's next? Who's he going right. to get up there and rant about next? Because because Settle's not the first one. Oh, no. He, he, oh, no. He dressed down uh, John Glover, a, yeah. a, a private citizen, mm-hmm. who said something to him that he didn't like. You know, he didn't make these kind of allegations against no. her, but, you know, personal allegations. And, of course, John Settle has made nasty allegations about James Green, Tabitha Taylor, et cetera. I mean, he has he's he's gone hard. And he's called some of the the black council members boys, and that doesn't go over real well. Sorry, it's just never going to go over well. It's absolutely not called for. I'm just going to say it right here, and to use the term tar baby, absolutely horrible. Oh, no. you Should have not have better, happened. Yes, you have to have better sense than that. You you absolutely do. Um, but now, I mean, could we be in the middle of a lawsuit, a defamation lawsuit by a, a publisher of a local paper against our city council chairman, which would be, bring the whole city council into it, too, because they allowed it to keep going. The council clerk allowed it to keep going. You know, the city attorney, the same thing. So anyway, I've got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Uh, we were talking about assault rifles a moment ago. I don't know about guns, but curious why an assault rifle, assault style rifle is the choice of mass shooters. Hmm. Okay, because it, there's a high capacity magazine, possibly. But it's but the message says, by the way, Mike, your shut ups to Aaron seem pretty harsh. Chill, man. <laughs> Aaron knows I don't mean it that oh, way. I'm not. He meant it that way. Yeah, <laughs> we would be at Mike Martindale's funeral. <laughs> she knows I don't mean shut up. <laughs> but thank you. And yeah. if it does come across that way, I will. I will try to watch out. But shut up. Uh, coming up at eight forty, Nick Bailey, he's president and CEO of Remax, uh, spoke with us about the uh, Shreveport housing market. We'll hear from him coming up with Mike and McCarty. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel dot com. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and uh, we spoke with Nick Bailey. Now, Nick Bailey is the president and CEO of Remax National. He jo- he joined us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Hear that next, Mike and McCarty. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel dot com. One seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Uh, President and CEO of Remax, got Nick Bailey on the phone. Nick, good morning, sir. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Tell us. Uh, I was glad to. Let me ask you, Nick. First off, um, trends 
in real estate in America. I- inflation is obviously having an impact on everything in, in, in our that we buy. Houses too, huh? Well, the spring market is off to a great start. I mean, uh, sales are up 30% from February to March. And so we're seeing some of that traditional seasonality. But the reality is regardless of inflation or rates or certain things, what we know is life events happen and people buy and sell houses every single year. What are what are people saying as they're looking for houses? What are some of their top and their key concerns right now? Well, so some of the questions uh, that we're seeing the most when it comes to buyers is around interest rates. Obviously, that's been a big impact from um, from last year. Uh, but rates have stabilized quite a bit as we've gone through this rebalance. And buyers are now looking at other mortgage products other than the 30-year fix. They're looking at adjustable rate mortgages. There's first-time home buyer with low down payments. And so it's important for buyers to have a great lender and shop around, look at rates. We have a we have a saying that you marry the house and you date the rate. Uh, <laughs> people are more concerned about, do I have enough to afford the down payment? Can I afford the monthly payment? And prices aren't shooting up quite as high and as fast. And so it's giving buyers a chance. Is it a buyer's market today or a seller's? Well, we certainly with the rebalance are getting closer to an equilibrium. I would say even when you look kind of in the Shreveport area, even though sales are still lower year over year, uh, days on market have uh, remained fairly low. It's up 17 days. So the average house in, in the area is on the market 49 days. But inventory is still low, and so it's still creating some some competition and some some pressure on pricing. Uh, you look at the the average sold price in in your area is up five and a half five point seven percent year over year, and so we still have strong demand, uh, but we continue to not have enough houses hitting the market. What is the average sale price here in Shreveport, Bossier? It's right at one hundred and eighty five thousand. Okay. So if somebody's looking to sell their home today, what would you suggest they do to get the most most cash out of their home? Uh, two things. Number one, price it right. We still have uh, sellers out there that are thinking we're in the market that we were a year or two ago. Uh, and, and even though there's still pressure on pricing and they're still going up a little bit, they're certainly not double digits and, and what we were experiencing a year ago. And so that's number one, price it right. A good agent can help you get it priced right for the conditions. And number two is make it look good. If you need to get the right improvements going or stage it correctly, with days on market being up a little more, there are houses sitting on the market a little longer, which means buyers are going to be looking and having more choice. So make sure that your house stands out. Yeah, I noticed a home for sale in in my in my area, and one of the things that caught my eye was the fact that there were leaves that had gathered in the gutter on the roof, but because they have a porch coming out, the leaves don't blow off normally, and they weren't cleaning those off. And I thought, you know what, a, a potential buyer is going to go. That is that is a maintenance issue I'm going to have to deal with all the time. So would you suggest that seller clean those, make sure the roof is clear? Yeah, and you're just seeing that likely from the street. Um, you've got to make sure that not only the curb appeal is great, but the interior is great. There's always places if, if you're going to spend money not only to stage the house, yes, clean it up, make sure everything looks sharp. Uh, the vast majority of people want moving condition. And it's funny, in our new report, we were looking at Gen Zs. I mean, they're coming up, and they're going to be the next big group of first-time homebuyers. 78% of them want smart home features. 
And so not only is it maintenance, but really it, it's, it's work with your, with, with your agent to understand what the needs are of the buyers coming up because you can make some slight improvements, get rid of those leaves, and that's going to help you maximize your sales price. What are some of the hottest areas in, in in Northwest Louisiana right now? I mean, I don't know if you have that in front of you, but um, there are certain areas. We, we, we've talked a lot about folks are leaving Shreveport for Bossier or DeSoto Parish. Are you seeing some of those trends, too, in other cities as well across the country? We are, and, and you hit it exactly right. And so what we've seen in the, in the last couple of years is we have seen the larger, uh, more high-density cities, that actually people are getting to be able to move a little farther out. Uh, and there's two things driving that. One is affordability because prices went up at a higher rate in, in high-density areas. But people have also had flexibility as they can live a little farther uh, because of the remote work. And I think that's here to stay. And so, so it's the combination of those two things. However, what we have started to see already this year is a return of people moving back to some of the larger areas. And I think that's going to continue this year. If, if folks are thinking about downsizing, maybe they're getting older and then they want to go to a smaller home, their family's gone now, uh, is now a good time for them? Timing the market is absolutely key to real estate, but it's not timing that most people think. They say, oh, should we time the interest rates? Is the market right? Timing is really about life events. And exactly right. If they're, if they're getting a little older, uh, maybe can't do the stairs anymore, or if they're younger, getting married, having children, that's really what drives um, home sales. And it's when are you ready and when is the right time for you, your family. And so it's always a good time if it's the right time for you. 101.7 FM, 710 Peel, Mike and McCarty. Is tomorrow Friday? Is it Friday yet? Tomorrow is Friday, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You know, I was so yesterday. I was thinking during the during most of the day yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, I had gone to the concert with uh, uh, my brother in law to uh, Allison Krauss and Robert Plant, Mm -hmm. and I didn't get home till like eleven (gasps) o'clock. Yeah, the next couple of days to make up for that. Okay, so I'm thinking yesterday. I thought, you know what? I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Hey, you know, I may not need to freak out so bad. <laughs> You're crashing now. I, last night, yesterday evening, uh, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to go uh, to bed. I sounded like dying. Treebeard in Lord of right, the Rings. Right, right. <laughs> and now it's like, okay, no, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, you're totally. I'm Plus, the same. with Ruben not being here, having to yeah. do this is so stressful when you don't know what oh, you're doing. And I had a, gosh, I don't, I don't know how we did this together. Usually, if one of us is like on fumes, the other one has to really gas it up. Right. I had no nap yesterday. <laughs> so you're on fumes. Yes. Too? And I had <laughs> my first physical therapy for my shoulder, so I had, you know, I got, I got. Uh, that was yesterday. Yesterday was my first physical therapy, and it and it felt good, but I got a, you know, I got arrested. I got to put it, and I couldn't go to sleep, and I, and now I went to sleep about eight thirty p.m., but I woke up about two thirty. So that's, you know, that wasn't too bad, but uh, I just didn't get a nap, 
And I'm I'm discombobulated. I got a text message from you last night at 12.30. Did you really? No, wait a minute. I got it later this morning, but it said red at 12.32. I'm like, what the hell are you doing up at 12.32? I had to go to the potty probably. <laughs> I was sleepwalking, though, because I don't even remember that. Okay. I don't even remember that. Wow. That's nuts. Man. <laughs> Man, like, oh my gosh! Yeah, because I I solidly fell asleep. At, um, it was earlier than that. It was right after Survivor went off at eight at eight o'clock. I was boom knocked out, and then I guess I must have had to get up to go to the little girls' room. I went to watch The Chosen on Fox Nation. I had watched episode one. They've got episode, mm-hmm. I mean, season two up, but I haven't seen any of them yet. Yeah. So I was I started with season one. Well, I went to go watch episode two of season one last night, and they don't have season one up anymore. Oh no! Like, oh no! You got to start from seriously? the beginning. Uh, yeah, I can't. I'm, I mean, yeah, I know the story, but right. I still want to watch. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Titanic. What happens in the end? I know. I, I kind of know. <laughs> like uh, Hawkeye and Trapper were giving mm-hmm. Frank a hard time and Frank said who moved my Bible and Trapper goes Frank I looked at the end the devil did it yeah <laughs> but I was disappointed that they didn't have season one up anymore yeah so I've got to find where I can stream season one of the right, chosen right because um, I've only seen the first most of the first episode you should be able to find it it shouldn't be that big a deal I hope so I hope I hope all's good with Reuben and Reuben and, yes. and everybody and he's back tomorrow but you did a not bad job yeah one toe for an eight toe guy yeah <laughs> Mike and McCarty <laughs> we'll see you Friday 1017 FM 710 com. see that's not what I want stop that let's try the- oh, oh, oh my gosh Aaron